BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today, we're celebrating 500 episodes with some killer listener tips. Oh, they're a killer. Is that ever uh, a phrase you've heard mentioned? It's been a long time. I think of Killer Mike, maybe. Killer Mike. Uh, it also makes me think of Turbo. That that used to be a favorite of mine. Like, Whoa there, Turbo. Slow down. <laughs> Take it easy. Uh, we are going to talk about some, some killer tips, man. I am excited to record this episode. We felt that what better way to celebrate 500 episodes in the can than to turn the tables a little bit, to uh, uh, reverse the role and hear from our listeners yeah, rather kick, than kick our feet up. us dispensing all the advice. Let them do the heavy lifting. I, so we, yeah. we appreciate everyone who sent in a tip. There's a lot of good ones that we're going to get to. That, well, yeah, we couldn't get. We're not going to be able to get to all of them yeah. because we had so many. And so, and I will say, the ladies definitely showed up. Like we put the call out there because, like the first. Like 12, 15 of them were all from dudes and we're like, oh my gosh, we don't want this to be a total sausage And I know, we have a ton of lady yes. listeners out there. So and they, and they, they showed up. They showed up for sure. I'm excited to get to that, man. Real quick though, I wanted to ask you, uh, so last Saturday we had a babysitter come over. She kept the place from burning down, kept the kids alive. <laughs> the, That's about all you can the, ask. The two most important things when you are babysitting four kids, also four kids uh, during the daytime, not at night, because it's, I think, a little bit easier. It's a if, much thornier experience. If you tuck them in at night. Um, but when we came back, I noticed that our babysitter, she had done the dishes. 
she had loaded the dishwasher and she had started it before at some point while she was there. And so we came home to a dishwasher that was hot and steamy, you know, like it had been sitting yeah. there during the dry cycle. Sounds like someone going the extra mile above yeah. and beyond. Yeah. So that's, first of all, have you ever had a babysitter do that for y'all? Only before? when my dad watches the kids. Oh, Sometimes he'll well, do that because he's an absolute sweetheart. That is awesome. So I guess, okay, so now that I mentioned it, I think it's because that was maybe one of the first times we had had a babysitter during a chunk of the day, specifically during dinner. Most of the time, someone comes over after we put them down. Uh-huh. So that might be why. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Are you expecting me to do your dishes now <laughs> next time I come over to the house? <laughs> for date night? Uh, no, not, not expecting that. But that being said, that was a, a delight. And it led to me tipping her more than I normally would have. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so my question for you. So it sounds like you, you have had that done before, although by your dad. You're, you're not paying him or anything like that. But were a babysitter to do that, would you want to give a little bit more? Be yeah. a, little, a little more generous? I think so. Like, I think so. I didn't know if that was just standard procedure and maybe we had just gotten crappy babysitters a la Joel. <laughs> uh, and this is something to be expected, but it was the first time we'd ever experienced well, it. I'm definitely the worst babysitter you've ever had, but I don't think you expected much from me anyway. <laughs> but, but no, I would totally tip extra. If, if somebody like does, you know, Runs a vacuum or does the dishes like those are the kind uh, of things where it's vacuum. like vacuum. Okay, like way. I mean above that's incredible. Call of Duty. Yeah, that would be that would be like <laughs> two layers up. But those are the kind of things where Did I don't you know. Do my laundry? <laughs> Did you do Did my you underwear? Hold on, my clothes. <laughs> that extra service. I mean, it's unnecessary, but it's like completely just like the sweetest thing ever. And you know, usually the babysitter that you're using is somebody that you know decently well, yeah. right? Yeah, there's some, there's <laughs> They're watching your there. kids. And so you're like, well, man, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. So I'm totally for, yeah, tossing an extra monetary reward someone's way for doing something that kind of went above and beyond the call of duty. Totally agree. Wanted to make sure that we were on the same page there. Let's go ahead, introduce a very special beer that you and I are going to enjoy during this well, episode. Since we're 500 episodes in, like we, we had to pick a really fantastic beer for this, this is, occasion. This is a premium yeah. bottle and of beer. So my neighbor who works or recently retired from working at uh, the best beer bar in town, and he told me this is the beer to have. It's a new release from Monday Night. We've had a lot of Monday Night beers on the show before. This one is called Faithful Instruction, and it is a fruited lambic, basically, style yep. beer. The style is Belgian, but you know more U.S. breweries are making this style of beer now, and this one has raspberries in it. I'm very, very, very excited to uh, yeah try this beer with you on today's show. A fruited method traditionnel. Or that's not how you say it. Traditionale. <laughs> uh, but yeah, brewed in the, the traditional We don't speak foreign languages. Manner. Well. <laughs> uh, but really looking forward to this. And actually, normally, we pre-pour the beers so we don't have to stop the recording. But since we're celebrating, in my mind, I pictured us having like a, a caged and corked beer to where we could actually pop the cork and uh-huh. make that sound. So, But for this one, we'll just have to, just the little <laughs> pop the top will have to suffice. All right, let's do it. Oh. There, there, there we go. There it is. It's quite a, this is the, again, kind of quiet. We used to do that in every podcast episode. Back in the day, at the very beginning. Very, very early on. So I'll go ahead and get this poured here for us, and we will talk about it at the end of the episode. Sounds good, bud. Definitely looking forward to this one. But yeah, let's get on to the subject at oh, hand. Look at that color, oh, by the way. It's Not to launch into it too it's soon. It's like a beautiful plum purple color. It's mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, celebrate with listener, listener clips. This episode, of course, was crowdsourced. We wanted your best tips and that's what we solicited and you guys definitely um, brought a lot of great ones sent them our way and we're going to send some how to money swag your way we're still trying to dial in what it's going to be <laughs> we've been working on it um we, I, i'm just going to reveal we want it to be some dope socks that's yes. what we're trying to get designed 
And uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll be able to give those out to all these listeners yep. in the near future. Originally, we thought of a T-shirt, but then we're like, that's it feels too standard. Everybody does T-shirts. Like, what's something that's a little more off the beaten path? What's something a little weirder, something a little more Matt and Jolie? <laughs> and sure enough, we're like, oh, socks. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Could be koozies. That does another obvious thing that cross, crossed our mind. Oh, we should totally. We've done that in the past. We did but, that back in the day, but we yeah. haven't done that with, uh, with How to Money, but maybe we should. Maybe we should. All right. Well, uh, one of the other options, Matt, for this episode, by the way, was doing like best of clips from episodes past, uh, but we realized that that would be a really short episode, so that's why we went in this direction. Uh, so let's actually. It's like, oh, there's not that many horror <laughs> Yeah, it's like this. Uh, people are gonna have like a six minute episode, and that that sounds too short. So uh, let, let's get to some of the the yeah the best listener clips that were sent our way. Let's start with one about a side hustle that sounds like a hobby too. Hey, Joel and Matt, this is Jad, and I'm from Chino Hills, California. I have a money-making tip. I've been collecting cute houseplants since the beginning of the pandemic, and I realize that money does grow on trees. If you like plants or have some plants laying around your place, I suggest to check out how much they're cost online. The houseplant market fluctuates in price based on what's trending or not. You can sell your plants for a profit or purchase a rare one to grow, which you can use to sell cuttings in the market. Plants are awesome. It not only makes your place aesthetically pleasing, but it also provides a way to make some cash. Congrats on the 500 episode. Cheers. Cheers to you, Jad. Thank you so much for that tip. And I love this one because side hustles, they don't have to be a big pain in the butt. You know, Instead, it could just be something that you enjoy doing, like regardless if you're getting paid or not. Which actually, like, that's the best kind of side hustle, right? It's one that you do regardless. Uh, so it sounds like you have found the perfect side gig. You know, assuming you've got that green thumb, houseplants are one of those things that you can pursue that can, like, essentially be pure profit <laughs> in an ongoing way. You know, whether that's splitting plants, uh, selling those cuttings, getting those rooted and started, that's a great way to make some of that extra cash. Because, uh, yeah, houseplants, they are not cheap. I feel like the houseplant market really blew up in the past like five years or yeah. so. Uh, but this is one that my mom has had an influence on Kate and I because she actually, I've, I've not met anybody who has more houseplants than she does. Oh, really? House. <laughs> and they are all so green, uh, so big and thriving and just like spilling over their, you know, the, the actual Sounds pots. like if your, your mom wants to make some extra money, she can well, do it. She taught us how to, so specifically the snake plant. It's also, ironically enough, called- Mother-in-law's tongue. Mother-in-law's tongue, yes. exactly. Those propagate like crazy. You just snip the little stem leaf thing just shove it in the dirt and it grows. It, yeah. <laughs> it sprouts roots. And so I think this is such a cool way to potentially yeah, make some extra money, Jad. Well, in our semi-hipster part of town where we live, Matt, there are literally storefronts <laughs> where people sell these houseplants and they are really expensive. There are also like pop-ups at local breweries and stuff like that where people sell their houseplants. So I think this is a great business and it's one that you can expand and kind of fit into your schedule. You can sell them just on Facebook Marketplace and it can be basically pure profit. <laughs> like you said, uh, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to get this thing rolling. So I love what Jad's doing and I think it's a good call to anybody who's like, well, I want to do a side hustle. I want to make some cash on the side. And they think it has to be this like buttoned up business, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It can be kind of something you're doing anyway that you end up profiting from a little bit on the side. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a money making tip. Uh, here, Our next tip is a money saving tip. Hi, Matt and Joel. This is Mike from San Antonio. There's a great way to save a lot of money and that's to belong to a community garden. It only takes a little bit of money to join. 
you save a lot on vegetables and fruit, and you are able to pickle all of the, or use it later on. Plus, it's a good place to relieve stress. Also, try to make your own food. There's plenty of recipes on the internet about making um, yogurt and uh, pickles and all sorts of things. So, thanks. Enjoy your stuff a lot. Bye. All right, another plant-related tip. Yeah. I appreciate that. So <laughs> getting green thumbs here in the uh, the first segment of this episode. Makes me feel connected to the earth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think this, this is just another great way to get your grocery expenses down. Like, I've never been a part of a community garden, Matt, but we have some in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I see some in other neighborhoods around Atlanta, too. And, and it sounds like an amazing way to maybe accomplish a few things, like... Of course, an awesome way to cut your grocery budget. And then, you know, a nice activity to reduce some stress, like Mike said, um, especially if you're performing a lot of like computer based work. And I bet you're like also us. Yeah, we're, right. We're sitting here just talking on the microphone. Yeah. Reading it's a articles. Nice way to get out, get some fresh air and get out there. And, totally. and then maybe even to meet some of your neighbors, right? If it's a community garden, you're probably like doing that sweat equity work for them veggies with oh, some, yeah. some people who live around you too, which sounds great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in the name itself, Community Garden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's another, certainly another benefit of just being able to get out there and to become acquainted with your neighbors. Which that is something that is missing too much in our society. We need more of that. Especially over the past couple of years, right? It's been difficult to know how to interact. And I think most folks at this point are very comfortable, at least outdoors, interacting with each other, talking to each other, engaging in conversation. And then, you know what? Like you start off in the community garden, but before you know it, you're on the front porch uh, sharing drinks. And then after that, you get comfortable with each other and you're having each other for dinner. I love that. Just, I guess, where the community garden could take relationships within a specific community. So, for sure. Mike, thank you so much for sharing that tip, Joel. Our next one uh, is one that specifically appeals to me. Let's hear this one. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Jen. I live in Indian Land, South Carolina. And my money tip is to meal prep and eat leftovers. I used to think that that was kind of a lame tip, you know, like how they always tell millennials to stop eating avocado toast or going to Starbucks so much. But once I started doing it, I really saw that a lot of my money was going toward fast food or just going out to dinner randomly during the middle of the week when it wasn't really anything special. So if I can cook a lot of my meals at home and cook bigger meals and plan on leftovers, I'm less tempted to go out during the middle of the week or on a time where I'm just doing it out of laziness. And I have a lot more time and money left over to go out with my friends or do something special and then I don't have to worry about that really eating out of my budget as much as I would if I was going out all the time. Joel, did you figure out why it is I like this tip? I think <laughs> you and Jen uh, have a similar affinity for leftovers. Uh, yeah. You preach the gospel of leftovers constantly. I, I had leftovers today for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, the ability to go upstairs, you know, so I, I don't know if folks know this. We record in the built-out basement, essentially, of my house. Uh, we built it out originally for Airbnb, but now this is our office. And so I am lucky enough that for lunch, I just get to walk upstairs, yep. pull something out of the fridge, pop it in the microwave, get to eating. And I love that I'm able to eat some of Kate's delicious cooking after two minutes of it sitting in the microwave. Uh, one of the things I think I love most about what Jen just said there is cooking bigger meals and planning for leftovers. It's meal prep. Yeah. yeah. It, and that is something that I think saves a lot of stress sometimes in the kitchen when you cook more than you need to. And then you've got lunch left over. This is just such a great um, 
option for a lot of people to spend less time in the kitchen, double batches of chili or spaghetti or whatever they're making, and then, you know, eat it for, for dinner that night, then lunch the following day. It's kind of like, um, yeah, just doubling the recipe doesn't double your efforts, which I appreciate. And so I think batch cooking, eating throughout the week can be a stress reliever in a way for folks to save a ton of time. So yeah, I think leftovers for the win. Jen's tip is a, is a great one. Yeah, it's interesting, too, how she mentioned the avocado toast thing, right? Because I think sometimes financial advice, like even though there is some wisdom in it, it can kind of make you feel like you're being scolded into a, a certain kind of behavior. And then depending on how you respond to that that delivery, right, like that type of advice, it could completely turn someone off to even considering it at all, right. even though it might align really well with their lifestyle. And so it's important to, to not throw the, the baby out with the bathwater, uh, eating your leftovers and, you know, food uh, meal planning, uh, batch cooking that can obviously it prevents food waste, but it can definitely help keep your, your budget intact as well. But it makes me just think so much about how the delivery of the financial advice that we dispense, how that is so important to keep in mind, because, uh, you know, but there are some folks who like getting yelled at, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's not quite our style. We like to sort of put the advice out there, try to explain to you why we think it's the the right thing for you to do. But even still, we're not going to be mean about it. We're going to just go ahead and let you make that decision. Yeah. My mom always used to say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I think, I think she's right. So yeah, say it nicely. You know, don't lie. Don't sugarcoat things. But like, tell people, to, you know, tell people the truth. But say it in a way that's palatable. I think that's that's very true. And I think there's a lot of people missing that when they're giving financial advice. Agreed. Kind of brash. Uh, all right, Matt, let's get to the next one. This one's about clothing. Hey, this is Kara, and I live in central Wisconsin. You wanted to hear from the ladies, so here you go. One of my money-saving slash money-making habits is using an online consignment platform like Poshmark to keep my closet cleaned out and updated. I've generally used the income from my sales toward my clothing budget. Oftentimes, no money leaves my bank account as I can use a credit from my online closet to buy a barely worn or sometimes brand new pair of my favorite jeans for a quarter of the normal price. I hate spending money on an item I'll wear just once, aka bridesmaid dress, and this has been a great resource for both purchasing and reselling said item that I never wanted in the first place. It's not making me rich, but every little bit helps, even if it's just enough to cover my weekly bottle of wine. Thanks, guys. This is great, man. I love, Cara, that you think of your closet as, as more of a revolving door. I think we should all take on more of that, that kind of mindset when it com comes to our clothes and our closet. I, I know my clothing tastes haven't changed much. They pretty much stayed the same for the past 15 years or so. <laughs> but for folks... Same, same with my music taste, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just proven fact, right? Like the number of ba new bands that we discover after the age of 30, it's like you'd be embarrassed at right. how little new music uh, the average American listens to yeah, after the age of 30. Yeah, true. But the, so, I mean, I love that she's mentioning Poshmark specifically because for folks who are more into fashion, man, don't be afraid to buy and sell your stuff used. It is, it's so awesome that she said that virtually no money ever leaves her actual bank account as she's able to use her, you know, like she says she has like an online closet or like a virtual closet kind of thing. She's able to use these credits from sales that she's making on Poshmark to cover the cost of any of those new uh, or new to her, but they're those used items. I love it. And not only that, not only is it, you know, she exchanging basically her, her used clothes for other folks' clothes, a pair of jeans that may have only been worn once at a quarter of the price. I love that. But she's making some money too. She's talking about the ability for her to cover the the cost of a weekly splurge with like a, a bottle of wine. Like she's actually making money doing this. Yeah. I love it. I, I think clothing can kind of be like buying a new car. 
<laughs> like the depreciation hit can be oh, yeah. substantial Easy, and immediate. Easily. And yeah. so buying used clothes can, I mean, thrift store, obviously, right, is one of those places where you can buy stuff that costs a heck of a lot less than what you would pay for it new. And you can even like get some more cool vintage threads there. But if you're into designer stuff, if you go buy it off the rack, you know, you're talking about potentially spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a shirt, whereas buying it used, it might be like 50 bucks for that same shirt. And so, yeah, I think um, eBay, Poshmark, sites like that can be a big boon if you've got like fancier tastes, but don't want to spend like mad money on them. That's a, that's a good way to go. All right, let's get to another clothing tip, actually, Matt. This one from listener Lillian. Good morning, Matt and Joel. Thank you so much for the How to Money podcast. We really enjoy it. I had a quick money tip. Many stores, including places like Gap, Old Navy, even Lowe's, allow you to do a price check after you've purchased your item. So if those things go on sale within, depending on the store, two weeks or 30 days after you purchase it, you can get the sale price on that item. I've done this a bunch at Old Navy. Anytime I have to buy a new season of clothes for the kiddos, um, I just show back up at Old Navy 14 days after I purchased the item. And if anything's on sale, I get the reduced price. Anyway, highly recommend, and thanks again for your podcast. Matt, I don't think I've ever taken this tact with uh, that Lillian's mentioning here. I think, but I appreciate her dedication <laughs> to yeah. to saving money and going back to the store if there's been a sale, and then like you know getting that price difference, cut it back. I don't know if it's in the form of cash or if it's in the form of store credit, but I think that's pretty <laughs> she's smooth. Like, she's like, I'll see you next year, same time, same place. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, and but there's one thing I think we can extrapolate from here that sadly is not as uh, widely available as it used to be, which is credit cards offering price protection perks. And so almost all the credit cards sadly have done away with this, where if in 30 or 60 days you buy something and the price Mm -hmm. changes, you just contact the credit card company and they basically credit that back for you. They take care of it. Well, almost no credit cards offer that anymore. And if they do, they charge a massive annual fee. There is only one fee-free of uh, card that we know of that still offers this perk, and it comes from Navy Federal Credit Union. Uh, We'll link to it in the show notes. But if this is a perk you're taking advantage of in a big way, Lillian, but it is a hassle maybe to return to the store, this could be maybe the the easier way to tackle that but i love the dedication and sometimes saving money means pounding the pavement <laughs> means kind of mm-hmm. uh, putting in some work that's right man okay we've got a ton more tips to get to from a variety of folks covering an array of different topics and we will get to all of those right after this break I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes. For instance, that's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. Thirty seven thousand. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. 
There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Matt, we're back, and we've got a lot more listener tips to get to. This uh, next one comes from a listener who has been taking advice from one of our good friends. This is Matt from Fayetteville, North Carolina. You guys answered one of my questions way back on episode 262. The money tip that has made the most impact on my life is what Coach Carson calls live in then rent, which is um, a house buying strategy where you buy a house as a primary residence, which means you can put three to 5% down depending on your lender. You live in it for a year and then you repeat that. And when you move out of that one, you rent it, you rent it out. 
anyway, I really enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Matt, thanks for the tip. I got to say, first off, Coach Carson is the guy people should be listening to if you're interested in real estate, rental real estate, uh, as a way to make money. You know, we're definitely on board with his philosophy and, and his approach. And he actually, he recently shared that he's moving to Spain later this summer, Matt, which mm-hmm. I'm excited for him and his family. Okay, how many um, field trip is what needs to happen. I think so. <laughs> I think we're going to have to buy plane tickets uh, ASAP. Might have to keep an eye on uh, some some different Google flight deals. That's right. Uh, Scott's cheap flight. I'm going to keep checking Scott's emails. And mm-hmm. if the prices go down, Chad Carson, we're coming to pay you a visit. And yes, Living in a home and then turning it into a rental can make a ton of sense for a lot of folks. That's that's what I did with my first and second home purchases. And it gives you a few different benefits, like getting a lower interest rate, being able to put less money down. I still put 20% down on each of those purchases, but it's kind of like the easiest way to get into real estate investing. It feels a little bit less daunting that way for a lot of people. That is true for everyone out there, though. You still want to make sure that on the front end that this primary home of yours, that it will make a good rental uh, You know when the time comes. And so like things to think through, like how much will that monthly mortgage be? And then like, what is your home likely to rent for? These are important pieces of information to keep in mind because most folks, they, they buy their primary homes and they don't think much about the potential for it to, to turn into a rental property. And so when that's the case, the numbers aren't necessarily all that pretty, uh, but it can be done. It can be done well in many cases. I know for me personally, that's sort of one of the traps that we fell into was thinking that, oh, this first, very first home that we're going to purchase, this will, I could see us here forever. <laughs> uh, when in reality, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, my younger self, hey, it, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to find the perfect house. Instead, the kind of questions we would challenge you to ask yourself is, you know, could you see yourself living here for uh, four, five years, M- maybe even three to four years? It doesn't necessarily have to be that forever home. So keep that in mind as you're looking to make, especially those very first home purchases. Yeah, my first two houses I was in for two years each, and it worked out worked out perfectly. So it, as long as it's a good rental on the front end, and you've kind of run those numbers, and you're like, it's not just a house for you to live in, but you're you're, you're thinking to it with the future potential as a rental property, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, thanks, Matt, for that suggestion. All right, next tip. This one is a practical budgeting tip. Hey, Matt and Joel, this is Megan from Southern California. Love the podcast, been listening for a while and listen every week. Congrats on your 500th episode. Just wanted to submit a money tip that's helped us over the years. My husband and I are both musicians. We have regular monthly income and a fair amount of irregular income as well. I am also an hourly worker, so my paychecks vary in amount. We found it hard to anticipate and plan our budget every month. So something we started doing about six years ago is to save our income each month and use it for the next month. For example, we set aside our income for the month of March as it comes in and we will budget it and use it for April. We put it in a second checking account that is part of our main accounts and then just transfer the lump sum to our main checking account at the beginning of each month. This makes it easier to budget correctly based on our actual earnings and also gives us one more month buffer for our emergency fund. It's removed that feeling of the paycheck to paycheck lifestyle since we were always waiting to see what we would make during the month. For us, this has made a huge impact on how we budget and hope this idea can help someone else feel more secure in their finances. Security, that is the name of the game. Megan, what a great practical way for you to remove that that month to month stress because irregular income, it can be tricky, but this is definitely the way to deal with that conundrum. Uh, it's what folks at YNAB or You Need a Budget, it's what they call aging your money. Basically, they want you to be spending money that has been in your account for at least 30 days. And that's exactly what, what you're doing here. We love this idea because it provides just a lot of peace of mind to know that, you know, in a down month, 
income-wise, that the money that you're spending for bills that month is coming from what you earned last month. That buffer, it just provides that financial margin plus all of that peace of mind that you're getting. So good job, Megan. It's a great tip for others who feel like that they might always be sort of on that financial precipice. But for you, you're no longer phased uh, to the same degree when something might happen to go wrong with your monthly budget. Yeah, I love this one. And it's not going to happen overnight, right, to build up that buffer. But to, to make sure you have that 30-day buffer, it could take even a full 10, 11, 12 months. But it's something we're striving for. And I think it's a great tip for Megan. Yeah. Well, and specifically, too, I guess I'm, like, I love the, just the practical nature of it because how she is taking that money and depositing it into a separate like bucket within mm-hmm. her account and then just moving it over. These are things, I mean, like being self-employed for 14 years, these are things I think I, like, I pretty much take for granted. But to hear somebody else's take on it and how they deposit that money. And then at the beginning of the next month, they essentially pay themselves from that account. Right. And that's how they, it's just. For you, it's just habit. Exactly. And so like, we don't think to talk about it in this sort of direct way, but it is so good to be reminded that this is exactly what you need to be doing, Megan. And I'm literally super proud of y'all for doing this. All right. Let's get to the the next tip, Matt. This one is about cheap hobbies. Hey, how to money guys. I want to congratulate you guys on your 500th episode. I have definitely listened to at least half of them. Anyway, one way that I've saved money over the last few years is I swapped golfs, meaning I gave up real golf for disc golf, and it is so much more fun. By the way, one of the ways that Jess saves time is only listening to 50% of the How to Money episodes, <laughs> which which I appreciate, Jess. Like, uh, you know, we'll take what we can get. Hey, well, I want him to make up for lost time <laughs> and, and said, listen to it at 2x. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe he'll be able to one day catch up. You've only got a backlog of 250 <laughs> to catch up on. But Matt, of course, I agree. And anybody who's been listening for oh, any yeah. period of time knows that I am in particular, I'm an avid disc golfer. You like to get out there on occasion too. Oh, yeah. We, we like to play together. And uh, yeah, the sport is actually on the rise. There was a recent Wall Street Journal front page article about disc golf, which made me really happy. And so, yeah, we would say specifically cultivating a hobby that doesn't cost a lot of money is a smart thing to do. And I, I don't think we give enough time and effort towards thinking through the additional costs that come with the decisions that we make. Golf, you know, buying the clubs and the balls is the least of your worries. It is the greens fees that you're going to pay. That's what you should be nervous about in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. And we actually devoted an entire episode to kind of this thought back in the day. I don't know if you listened to it, Jess, because you only listened to half the episodes. <laughs> it was episode 48, and it was called Everything Costs More Than You mm-hmm. Think. And specifically, well, one of the things I love that we talked about during that episode, even still, like I still remember it, was that we talked about hard additional costs and then like the soft additional costs. You right? can kind of choose your own adventure on how much you're going to pay. Like, you can be a golfer and not spend very much money, or you can be sure. an avid golfer well, and spend a lot. Right, right. But bottom line, like, like to, if you want to go golf you still have to buy clubs, yeah. right? Like, and so like that's a hard cost. But then there's these softer costs associated with it as well. There's that pressure, that societal pressure or the club pressure that like, oh, he's pulling up in what kind of car <laughs> to the club? It's like, how dare he? And so there are all these additional factors that weigh on us that cause us to spend more money than we actually want to. But I'm glad to see that Jess, he bucked that trend. He, he got off that expensive golf habit <laughs> and jumped on that frugal golf habit. Well, when, when you're hanging out with disc golfers, uh, the there are not very many temptations to spend more money on it's a, it's a more anything. chill vibe <laughs> generally speaking and people are drinking high life on the course like you know just take a few discs it's 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 basically the the cheapest hobby one of the cheapest hobbies you can you can find besides maybe houseplants but mm-hmm. uh, let's get to another tip this one is also about hobbies and how to like cultivate a family hobby without spending too much hey matt and joel in the how to money community this is andy from utah congratulations on 500 episodes that's an awesome milestone I wanted to share a money-saving strategy that our family has used over the last few years that hopefully some of you can apply to your lives. 
Our family loves to ski. My wife and I have four children from three to 10 years old, and getting gear for all of them can be super expensive if you buy it new. Our strategy is we hit up the thrift stores at the end of season and even at the beginning of the ski season as people are starting to go through their closets and empty out all their old gear. We find boots for as cheap as 2 to $3 for kids, skis for $10. We've built a library in the attic so that no matter what age and size our kids are, we can just go up there, check out those skis, use them for the season, put them back, and let the next kid use them next year. So we've saved a ton of money that way. The next thing that's the most expensive is lift tickets. If you've been skiing lately, especially in the West, you've seen that lift tickets can be crazy. It's up to $200 a day to ski at some places. We don't have that kind of money to pay for that, even though this is kind of our craft beer equivalent going skiing. Instead, what we do is we ski at a smaller resort that still has good enough terrain to challenge our kids, but the benefit is kids 12 and under ski free there, so we save a ton of money that way. My wife and I, with our three-year-old, are able to get a parent share pass that allows both of us to ski on that pass for the whole season for only $600. Another thing that's really cool is in Utah, fifth graders and sixth graders can ski all 15 resorts for $45. I got the companion pass that goes with that for $650, and so my daughter and I were able to ski 13 of the 15 resorts in Utah for only $700. So when you add all of that up and look at this whole year, our family skied about 120 days total between the six of us, and we paid less than $14 a person to ski all winter. Now, you guys might not ski. You might be doing something else with your family, but hopefully you can take some of these tips and tricks and apply them to whatever you like to do to get out and save some money. Thanks a lot. Hope you guys have a great day. Thank you, Andy. We are having a wonderful day today. And I got to say... We're celebrating, dude. Of course we're having a great day. 500 episodes, right. baby! <laughs> can, can you believe it? I mean, really. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time, uh, but it's awesome. And I want... Andy, I want to commend you because a ski library up in the attic is like the nerdiest, most bad A thing <laughs> that I've heard all day. Uh, seriously, I love the just imagining you going up there and you just got all the skis like, I don't know, leaned up against a rafter on the roof. So they're all like displayed nicely. It's like, take your pick. Which one, what the would you size like? marked on masking tape or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. And of course, thrift stores. So underrated. It's incredible how much money you can save by just taking used stuff off of someone else's hands for super cheap. But also, you know, thrift stores are underrated, but getting organized and having systems in place, that is incredibly underrated as well. Spoken like a true organizational theme. <laughs> as, as a freak. Uh, like I, I think that's why I just, this really appeals to me. It's like, oh yeah, you're speaking my language. I, I could tell while you were listening to his tip, you were like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there, so literally, it makes just me nodding think, vigorously. There was a, a, I think it was a, a Tumblr account that I used to follow. Remember Tumblr back in the day? Uh-huh. Uh, but it was called Things or organized neatly and man, I, I got my organizational nerdiness fix uh for sure by keeping up with them well i think the cool thing about what andy's doing is that what what he's doing could be considered hoarder material right like no, it, it, no one, here's what i'm saying it okay. could be if he didn't do it right there but the go. way he's doing it means that he's not going into hoarder territory because if you're just like snagging all the skis of any size that you can and you're dumping them in a corner a uh, remote corner of your home and you rarely actually check in to see what you've got then you 
you just got a bunch of skis that you never used, but he's mm-hmm. turned it into a library, is what oh, he yeah. said. And so I'm like, all right, he's it's cataloged. He goes up to the actual <laughs> card catalog. It's like, hmm, let's yes. see. I'm pretty sure we have a size 11 up here somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So I appreciate that. I really dig kind of um, the fact that he has created a system with it because Super cool. if not, it could just be overboard. So, Andy, uh, that's awesome. By the way, for other folks out there, it just makes me think of the fact that fourth graders get into national parks for free. Oh, no, that's right. So this year, coming up for you and me, forgot about we that. got fourth graders. And so um, it's one of those things that, yeah, fourth graders and their families. So uh, make sure to check into that if you have a kid in fourth grade. And if you don't live in Utah, by the way, and you can't take uh, advantage of some of the, the, the money-saving ski tips that Andy mentioned, there is one thing I can offer that's maybe a little bit helpful. Liftopia is a place where you can buy lift tickets in advance for a little bit less money. Lift tickets are expensive right now. So uh, the fact that Andy and his family have been able to ski that many days for so little money is just like ridiculously impressive. Yeah, well, honestly, my, my jaw kind of dropped when I heard him saying how much money he had actually spent because I'm like, holy crap, like that is a ton of money to spend on one single activity, skiing mm-hmm. specifically. But he also pointed out how that for them, that was their craft beer equivalent, A. But B, I think I would probably have learned the lesson the hard way, uh, which is, okay, we're not going to we're not going to drop the big money on the annual pass. And instead, kind of like nickel and dime it here and there. Uh, whereas for him, because of how much they actually do ski and you divide it out to how many days they have skied, it comes out to be such a more affordable way to do that activity. I'm pointing this out because I think in an attempt to be frugal, uh, you could actually go down the path of being cheap, uh, whether that means not doing something that you really, really, really love doing with your family, or actually, quite literally, spending more money <laughs> because you're paying for it more a la carte as opposed to committing to it. That's right. I dig it. Yeah, you get to go as often as you'd like under Andy's system, and it sounds like they take full advantage. So um, thanks for sharing that, Andy. All right, Matt, let's get to another tip, and this one is actually kind of a suggestion for couples. Hey, Matt and Joel. This is Tyler from San Diego, California. Longtime listener since the Poor Not Poor days. My money tip for your 500th episode is to set up a monthly marriage money meeting. When it's on the calendar, you could listen to your spouse. It's good to get on the same page and make sure you're set with the month's priorities. I know a lot of times us money nerds love to live in our spreadsheets, but a lot of times we got to make sure we listen to our partner's uh, wants and needs and make sure we're on the same page. So thanks a lot. Have a good uh, 500th. Tyler, thank you for being such a long-time listener. I'm surprised. I'm always shocked when someone's like, I go back to episode eight or something like that. And oh, I'm like, how, how did you make it through? Because <laughs> we barely made it through. <laughs> right. Uh, but Tyler, this is such a spot-on suggestion. Uh, another that is you know, highlighting the importance of effective systems just like Andy had with his skis. Uh, but it is so easy to get hyper-focused in the nitty-gritty day-to-day that you forget to, to look up and reassess which direction you're, you're going in. It's obviously clearly important to track your spending, making sure you're hitting your numbers. Um, but what are your big goals? You know, not only as an individual, but also with your partner, uh, if you have one. That's really important to keep in mind. And having those regular check-ins is clutch. Yeah, and, and honestly, one of the things you can do, and, and my wife and I try to do, is get away once a year too for some of those bigger, like State of the Union sort of conversations oh, yeah. that we have. You know, not not like the boring presidential address where there's like you know, <laughs> eighty two applause breaks, but <laughs> but one where it's like I got out five words, guys, and you're clapping again. <laughs> exactly, and so um, which my wife does give me standing ovations on occasion, but uh, but this is just one of those things where getting away to talk about some of those bigger goals and kind of reassessing like, are we heading in the right direction? Because once you get some of those habits in place, it's not too difficult to keep them going. But then you have to kind of pull back out and reassess every once in a while. Like, are we still like moving in the direction we want to go? So uh, let's get to another tip, Matt, another listener tip. This one is about traveling for free. 
Hi, Joel and Matt. This is Anthony from New York. Love the show. I wanted to share with the listeners how my wife and I were able to book a flight from New York to Texas nearly for free for our family of four. Knowing we would be making this trip in the early part of the summer, I opened up a Chase Sapphire card about seven months ago. We met the minimum spend requirement to get the 60,000 bonus points by using this one card for basically every purchase we made, while of course not using it for anything we would not be buying anyway and paying off the balance every month. While I know that this strategy will not be new to many, I don't often hear anyone talk about the Chase referral system that can get you even more bonus points. So after we met the minimum spend on the card in my name, I referred my wife which got us another 15,000 reward points. After that, we repeated the process to meet the minimum spend for her card, which gave us over 135,000 bonus points total. This will allow my family of four to fly round trip from New York to Texas for virtually nothing. Thanks for listening and keep up the good work, guys. Anthony, thank you so much for that tip. And we agree. Free flights totally rock. Yes, they there, do. there are lots of ways to make this happen. And, you know, like like Anthony said, uh, but we're, we're all about signing up for that credit card in order to get free flights, uh, which can, you know, this can save you hundreds of dollars or, or even more. But Anthony, you are so right that referring your spouse can provide a huge additional chunk of points to your total, allowing you to travel even more for free. Most folks, they forget that or, you know, maybe they just get that joint credit card. But that means that you can't then refer your significant other, uh, which would prevent you from scoring that deal a second time. That's right. And one of the things Anthony mentioned too was planning ahead because oh, yeah. it's really hard to you know know that you need to buy flights on Friday and you're like, should I get that credit card now? And it's like, well, ain't gonna work out. You ain't gonna way. be able to meet the spend requirement in that time, and the the points will not be you know accrued to your account. So you have to make sure you're planning in advance for for these things. But yeah, opening up that card, getting a sign up bonus, referring your spouse, getting more sign up bonus points. Um, for stuff like Anthony said they're going to spend on anyway that's a great tip Anthony thank you so much for sharing but Matt let's keep going we got more listener tips to get to because yeah they just send in great ones so so let's hear from Mike Dan John and Gabrielle we'll get to those right after this break So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, 
Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorite so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Joel busting out the old school radio thing is calling out the callers who are just like, J- just keep hanging on to the line, okay? Hey man, can't, can't take the live <laughs> radio out of the podcast host. Uh, it almost sounded like your name of the members of a band as well. <laughs> Mike, Dan, John, and Gabrielle. <laughs> Uh, But for real, our next listener tip is here from listener Mike. He is going to share uh, a number of his tips that he has implemented over the past few years. Hey there, Joel and Matt. Mike from Cincinnati here. I've been a dedicated listener since your Poor Not Poor days and found your message extremely helpful. You guys have spurred many influential changes in my family's economic habits over the years. Here's a quick list of a few things that we've done thanks to your help and advice. We changed our savings from a big bank to CIT for better rates. We got the Amex Blue Cash Preferred card at the beginning of the pandemic for huge savings on groceries. And we opened other credit cards and savings accounts for the sign-up bonuses. We also started asking for discounts on medical bills, saving us a couple thousand over the last few years. We made sure to pay ourselves first by maxing out our Roth IRAs, then contribute to 529s and other investments. And we also did a huge I-bond in the fall with over 7% return rate with that. And last but not least, we're going to soon start investing in VU through Vanguard. Keep enjoying those craft beers, guys. Prost. Mike, that's so awesome, man. Thank you, thank you for running through 
all of the amazing things you've yeah. done. You've done a lot of great personal finance work in your life. Stuff that we have said over the years, you know, like, like stuff that we are huge fans of. So many of the things that, yeah, get talked about on this show. And and uh, I think when I step back, I think what Mike was just talking about, he, he's basically talking about a lot of tools that he and his family are using yeah. to get better with money. And it's pretty incredible how using the right tool can make a job that used to be like an onerous one, a really difficult one, go much more smoothly. It's like trying to build a deck with a box of nails and a hammer versus like a newfangled nail gun is going to make a big difference. Like, you know, even even though I'm less skilled than you, Matt, at uh, home improvement projects, I think I would still finish first if we were, you know, put together. I had the nail gun and you had the hammer and nails. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, gu- I guarantee it. So, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Take a lesson from Mike. Use the best tools for the job in your personal finance life. And that, I think, will go a long way towards alleviating some of the pains you feel. Yeah. And for Mike, that means just a ton of different moves that he's made with his money, uh, things that he's accomplished over the years, which kind of raises another quick point here. Uh, and that is that Mike, like he said, he's been listening to the podcast since 2018, basically. That is a, a crazy long time, but he has used that time wisely. Uh, like I say this because we don't want folks to get overwhelmed with all of the awesome moves that Mike has made. You could also be in a really great position after just a few years of, of doing the right things with your money. And so I say that because I want folks to know that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, he has had four years to do, you know, even if you do something different with your money, like every quarter, right? Or every, like, I don't know, every six months, yeah. say, I'm going to commit to making this large change in my life. Uh, you could easily have a laundry list like Mike did of all the awesome things that you've been able to, to make progress in. Yeah, we talk a lot about a lot of stuff every week on the show, and we certainly don't expect that you <laughs> follow through and do something every, every time something time. comes yeah. out of our mouth. <laughs> uh, but for, for Mike, doing little things over time, over the years, has made an impact. And yeah, it's not an overnight impact, Matt. It is one of those slower races, right? We're trying to be the turtle here, and not, not the hare. But let's get to another listener tip. This one is about credit cards from a listener in Texas. This is Dan from Houston, Texas, giving you some credit card tips. If you're planning to sign up for a card, make sure you can meet the minimum spend for the sign-up bonus. And make sure you do a bit of research and, and to make sure that you're getting the best offer out there. Sometimes you can get a better offer through certain referrals. Next up, stack cashback apps to maximize cashback. I use Dosh, Rakuten, GetUpside, and Google Pay, which all can be used together, and that's on top of your credit card rewards. Uh, also, if you have a annual fee card and plan on canceling that uh, after you receive the annual statement fee, ask for a retention offer. You'd be surprised what they'll offer you. And lastly, and most importantly, pay your statement in full. Otherwise, it's not worth it. You'll be giving away all your cash back by paying interest to the credit card company. Yeah, that's right. When you sign up for a credit card can make a big difference. Uh, Dan, you're spot on. You have to keep in mind that you've got to be able to actually you know, meet those spend requirements in order to actually score that sign-up bonus. It is helpful if you can align a large expense that you know that you've got coming up with uh, procuring a new card like that. It's that planning ahead we were talking about earlier with another listener. Exactly, yeah. And also, we'll we'll link to those different cashback apps that Dan mentioned in the show notes as well. You know, we're, we're not as diligent on that front, but we really appreciate that suggestion. And it is awesome to hear that that's something that you can stack on top of the different uh-huh. benefits that you get with your credit card. So he's kind of got like that double word score going on. And I love that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Double word score. And, <laughs> and and the last thing he mentioned is, is key. He said credit card rewards. They look so, so delicious. Like you so <laughs> want those. So delicious like this beer. Like 80,000 points or $750 in cash back for the sign up bonus. Oh, it's so good. But really, you're only hurting yourself if you use credit cards improperly. You don't pay them off in full and on time each month. Like those credit card rewards, 
they sound nice, but in reality, it's something that has enticed you into poor money management. And we don't want that to be the case. So you have to use credit cards properly in order to actually be able to realize the benefit without some of those downsides. All right, Matt, let's get to uh, another one. And this is kind of more of a, a meta take on how we talk about money. Hi, Matt and Joel. This is John from Mountain View, California. And first of all, congratulations on 500 episodes. I've learned a lot from your show and from your listeners, and I'm looking forward to the next 500. My money tip or advice is really exactly that. Uh, If you don't know, ask for advice from someone who does. I've gotten lots of great advice from you guys and from your listeners, and um, I recently had a situation where I sold a piece of property and I was wondering about the tax implications. It was a little bit complicated. And I had no idea. And so I just simply called, uh, Googled a CPA and a tax expert who charged $400 an hour, which blew my mind. But he said he could take care of my question in maybe 15 minutes or so when I explained what it was. So he ended up charging me about 100 bucks, but ended up saving me about $15,000 in taxes I thought I might have had to pay otherwise. So what turned out to be a small expense, I think, saved me in the end. So my advice is simply ask for advice if you don't know. Thanks, guys. Ask for advice. I love it. <laughs> John, you know, John's suggestion, it makes me think of like the stereotypical male who might choose not to stop and, and ask for directions. If Why you look at me? Why you say that, man? Uh, in like the 80s kind of <laughs> type of movie. Um, like obviously we all used ways these days, but you know, in that old school example, it's clear that just stopping at a gas station, it can make it easier to find your way to a destination. But whether it's like stubbornness or like insecurity, shame, like these can all be things that hold us back. But the thing is, when you ask for help, people are almost always happy to be of service to you. So I just love John's advice that we should be seeking advice more regularly and reaching out to people. Yes. Can I just put a plug in here for the How to Money Facebook group? Because if you want some crowdsourced knowledge for your question, it's a great spot to go to, too. You can get a wide variety of opinions and help, and people will link to excellent articles that they have read throughout the years when it pertains to personal finance. That can give you a huge lift as you're kind of trying to like sort through some of your, you know, financial questions. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I just want to mention too. So yeah, it's great to have that free place. Thanks for listening to the podcast too. That, that's hopefully a place where you're going to get helpful personal finance information, but sometimes it makes sense to pay for that advice. And I think sometimes Matt, like uh, in the age of the internets, we want to get everything for free and, you know, tax experts, we have consistently said can be well worth the money and a hundred bucks to oh, save yeah. 15,000 bucks sounds, <laughs> sounds like a good return on investment so, to me. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a no brainer for sure. Yeah. And it reminds me just of when I got my tax assessment on my house last year, property taxes. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes I've just not been able to make the hearing in order to get my taxes lowered. Mm-hmm. I paid a lawyer money <laughs> to argue the case on my behalf. And that money I spent was well worth it. Like if I figure out the ROI, it was $295 to save thousands of dollars over the next Mm -hmm. few years. And so, yeah, these are those things where sometimes you can, I can, I have been cheap. I've been short-sighted and I think it makes sense to pay a professional sometimes to do something for you. Um, And and in John's case, it sounds like it made a huge difference. That's right, man. Uh, Okay, let's get to our last listener money tip, uh, which also has to do with money advice. Hey, Matt and Joel. I'm Gabrielle from the Bay Area. I think my main piece of advice is that personal finance doesn't need to be complicated. 
In my experience, when someone is throwing a lot of terminology around or talking you in circles, they either can't see the forest for the trees, or they're trying to make it seem harder than it is. Personal finance has a lot of rules of thumb to help make decisions, because the number of choices can feel daunting. But making any of these choices is putting yourself on the right path, and you can keep learning and reevaluating as you go. There will always be tips and tricks to handle your money better and maximize your returns, but there's also a point of diminishing return, and the fact that you're even on this journey and listening to this podcast means that you're setting yourself up for success. Congrats, Matt and Joel, on your 500th episode. Gabrielle, thank you so much for that. And, you know, like w- what I heard when I was listening to your money tip here is that you get it. <laughs> like, like you understand what we're trying to do here on the show. You understand that it doesn't take like literally talking to a rocket scientist to, to figure out what to do with your money. That is our approach. And that's what we're trying to do here on the show. Um, and we've seen that the best teachers can break things down in a way that lots of folks can easily understand. Sometimes I think we can fall into thinking that using big words or, or lots of different jargon that we, we think it makes us sound smarter. Uh, but what we're really doing is creating a, a barrier. And I so, don't comprehend what you're discussing, Matthew. <laughs> uh, I mean, we like using different words to accurately describe what it is we're trying to talk about. We're not against it. But at the same time, if there are ways to make it more accessible, that in my mind, that takes priority. Myriad That's, ways, some would say. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, know if we do that though if we create these barriers we're keeping people from actually crossing over right like like coming onto our side and paying attention to their finances i call it constructing obstacles personally <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no, i think i think gabriel's totally spot on here and yeah. and yeah it, it reminds me matt of when i think about complexity and jargon it reminds me of this professor named harold pollack who kind of went viral years ago because he he wrote down like nine things on an index card the personal mm-hmm. finance index card and it was like everything you need to know about personal finance in one tiny spot which is had all the basics kind of goofy because we're 500 episodes in we're still talking about personal finance um and and it's also funny because his personal finance index card turned into a book (laughs) so he ended up complicating his own advice uh but yeah these concepts we would say do need context they do need explanation and yes you know specific listener questions are a way in which we provide that or kind of taking another vantage point of a topic that we've even previously discussed we think can be necessary but Gabriel is right. And and personal finance is simpler than so many people make it seem like it is. Yep. And yeah, that's what we want to continue to do on the show. We want to strive to make these personal finance tips not only relevant, but understandable because there are a lot of people listening of all sorts of different stripes, Matt. Some people are already financially independent who listen to the show. And some people are literally just getting their footing. They don't know much of anything at all about personal finance. And mm-hmm. we we want to make a show that is challenging enough, that presents enough meaty information where people can grasp onto something and learn quickly. But we also want it to be like simple enough. We don't want to make it overcomplicated. And, and a lot of people definitely make that happen. And, Agreed. and and one of the last things Gabriel said was you know, wishing success to the How to Money listeners. That's that's what we want too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, that's the whole that's reason we the do the show. That's the whole point yeah. <laughs> that we talk about this is to share, share this knowledge with, with all of the listeners out there. So yeah, we wish all of our listeners out there all the success in the world and hopefully we'll what do you, what do you think about this episode Joel uh, just generally speaking like 500 uh, episodes from now so maybe when we're batting a thousand what do you think uh, I personally I say that because I personally think we should do this exact same format Let's do again it. I would I almost hate waiting uh, <laughs> 500 episodes before we do that again like you know once a year we typically do the the, the listener money wins but something about the the different money tips 
really I really like that because yeah. what we're talking about here is methodology. We're talking about how you do something. We're talking about the process. And by the way, we are how to money. And so while it is fun to hear how folks have uh, turned their stories around, turn you know, changed their lives when it comes to what they've been able to do with money, I think I might even be drawn more towards how it is that folks go about doing those things. And so, you know, you still get a little bit of that personality yeah. in there. You still hear what they're doing and what they're striving towards, uh, but you get to kind of pick apart some of the strategy and some of the details, some of the hacks that they're putting to work in their own lives. Yeah, for sure. No, it was super, super fun. And I hope that we get to do it again soon. And, you know, if we just start putting out eight episodes a week, we'll be at a thousand in no time. So uh, let's let's not do that. You, wanna, you ready to talk about this beer? Let's do it. Let's get back to the beer. This one was called Faithful Instruction by Monday Night Brewing. It was a raspberry sour. And, and calling it a raspberry sour is it's, actually- It's not even fair. The worst thing yeah. you could say about it because it's so much more than that. And it is literally a three-year blend of different beers uh, fermented with raspberries in the barrel. This is a beer, Matt, that has been years in the making, kind of kind of like this podcast. And so yeah, what, what was your take on this one? Uh, I would say that this is easily one of the best beers we've ever had on the show, like ever, <laughs> like over the course of 500 episodes. And that's coming from somebody who doesn't even really like raspberry all that much. Like I'm not a huge raspberry sour beer kind of guy. But the depth of flavor within this beer is off the chain. You and I, we talk about beer a good bit. What makes a lambic, uh, a lambic oftentimes have to do with like the territory or like the region where it's brewed. Uh, and so I don't think technically lambic can be like written anywhere on this label because... It's kind of like bourbon. Y- yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, Tennessee whiskey, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> exactly. Versus, uh, yeah. Uh, but like, I think that's a part of why they call this one faithful instruction because, you know, and it does... Using it, the old school methods. Yeah, it does have this thing on here where it says registered with... You know, the word I said at the beginning of the episode, the Method Traditionnel <laughs> Society. And so they're following very specific guidelines in order to create this beer, uh, but they can't technically call it a lambic. But oh my goodness. I mean, depth of flavor is what I keep coming back to because like you taste it and you taste the fruit, you taste the sour, you taste a little bit of the funk, but then you swallow it. It's gone from your mouth, but the the flavor just continues to linger. It's like a... It's like that cranberry song, like <laughs> linger. I mean, like it just sticks around like like a dream. And I feel like I'm getting a little too poetic as I talk about this beer, but it is 100% honesty coming from my mouth. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's a great beer, and it is my favorite style, and it is one of the best representations of this style you think I've so? ever had. Yeah, you, I mean, you've had it straight from the. You've been to Cantillon. You've you've enjoyed beverages straight from the stills uh, that you know that are hundreds, thousands of years old, right from the source. Yeah, and yeah. Cantillon makes fantastic beers but this beer rivals them i would say and so that's a that's a lot to it's say phenomenal. Um, it's it's kind of weird to say that because cantillon really like uh they've been doing it for a long long time and they make oh. some of the best beers in the world but this beer is is on that level Dude, it's, it's it's delightful it's got something special you know what it's got going on umame mm. it's got umame you know like when you're eating like steak, it does oftentimes when you're eating steak like there's this it's hard to describe the flavor it's not sweet it's not salty it's not sour it just has this lingering yeah, like, almost you know, like, like a raspberry jam kind of thing going on but, in, on but my tongue. Raspberry, even raspberry, it feels too dimensional. Like this, the flavor of this beer, man, it like travels through time. <laughs> it like it like connects you with the with the first monks, you know, back in Europe <laughs> who were you know creating the first lambics. Okay. Like literally, we're time traveling. Umame is the best way that I can describe this All beer. Right. I, I think they would take it as a compliment. I think so. I think they would. All right, yeah, it was delightful. And yeah, thanks again to everyone for submitting your money tips for this episode. It's special for us to be still doing this 500 episodes later and then to get to kind of hear your best money advice today was just 
super fun, super it joyful. It was a delight on all accounts. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who submitted uh, money tips that we weren't able to actually feature on the show. We were trying to keep this episode within a reasonable amount of time. 500 minutes for the 500th episode <laughs> would not have been the way to go. We'll do that on a, on a thousand uh, yeah. <laughs> at least. But anyway, thanks for everyone for sending in your, your money tips. Joel, we'll make sure to link to all the different resources and maybe some of the things we mentioned during this episode up on the website, uh, up in our show notes at howtomoney.com. That's right. So um, yeah, episode 501. We'll be dropping in a couple days. And we thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.